And that sense of purpose is it comes from once we feel we are really making a contribution to the forward motion of the business. Um, and so that requires partner leaders. Welcome to the Executive Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we have Joy Meserve. Joy Meserve is a business consultant, leadership trainer, and coach. And we're going to be talking today about partner leadership. Have you heard of that term? Well, this is the first that I've heard it as well. So we're going to unpack what this leadership style is all about and how you can apply this and learn from it and apply it into your leadership wherever you're at. So let's go into the discussion with Joy Meserve on partner leadership. Well, Joy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, Could you give our listeners a little bit of an overview of who you are? Sure. My name is Joy Meserve, and I'm a corporate trainer and leadership coach um, and business consultant as well. I spent uh, 22 years growing a startup uh, ID tech a summer camp company, and um, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal training ground. I became the COO, and I realized what I love to do most about my work was growing leaders from within. So uh, the focus of our conversation today is going to be partner leadership. And I'm really looking forward to this because for me, myself, I've never heard this. And I'm really looking forward to taking a deep dive on this. So, so Joy, can you um, explain what is partner leadership and how does it differ from, you know, your traditional um, leadership models? Yeah. Um, so I believe that um, I'm obsessed with motivation, first of all. So um, how people are motivated and why we do what we do. And I believe that partnership really, partner leadership really tries to tap into the heart of that. Um, and so using both extrinsic motivators and intrinsic motivators um, through giving folks ownership and autonomy, trust, and um, the ability to move toward mastery and purpose in an organization really gets to um, create folks that are highly engaged um, and really want to be there and be successful on behalf of the business. So once folks feel ownership over let's say projects or things that they're working on, they start to get a sense of ownership in the company as well and take pride in the success of the company. And, um, you know, there's a a recent study from Gallup out there. And what they talk about is that um, if we do nothing else but engage our employees, profits increase 21%. So I'm all about that. Um, I I want companies to profit and thrive. And at the heart of that is they do thrive once the people thrive. Yeah. And you make a good point there when employees are able to and team members are able to take ownership of what they do on a day to day rather than just feeling like a number or Mm. or identified by their employee ID um, and where they don't really feel a part of something, it truly makes a difference on on the overall productivity of the organization. And that's where um, employees are able to stay longer than longer. And just because truly they feel like um, they take ownership of what they do. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think what's great is this works in any sort of company because here's the good news is you don't need to be curing cancer or solving climate change as wonderful as those companies that are doing that are people can find that sense of purpose at work. And that sense of purpose is it comes from once we feel we are really making a contribution to the forward motion of the business. Um, and so that requires partner leaders. And partner leaders are there, in my opinion, to um, take the gift that is their employees, take the gift that is, okay, I have six direct reports, great. You have six gifts, right? And so to really tap into the strengths of each of those six individuals and say, here's something that I know plays to those strengths, and here's something I want you to take on. So you, you can have ownership in that, autonomy in doing that, and then, um, you know, what what I talk about is giving folks a moment to shine. So once they go through that, this could be a six months project or a two week project, right? But once they go through this process, I think it's in incredibly important for the leaders to say, okay, great. Now that you've done this, you're going to present what you've done to the team, or I'm going to get you in that boardroom to show them what you've done because you need to be recognized for that. People need to know the value that you bring to this company. Um, so, you know, it's a wide range of what that is and how that looks for each individual and each employee. Um, but I think that's one of the keys. Awesome. Uh, what are some of the additional principles and key values that, that help guide partner leadership? Yeah. So I think you've probably heard of the Pygmalion effect, right? Mm-hmm. So the Pygmalion effect um, is really fascinating when you apply it in a leadership setting. And so you've all heard, you know, um, you know, once you, the group of students who was sort of labeled that they were smart and then they achieved more, right? Just by being labeled smart. But the underlying essence of why that worked was because they were treated differently. They were treated differently by their peers. They were treated differently by the teachers. And so there's such power in saying to your employees, I believe in you. You have these wonderful skill sets. I know you can do this thing that is a stretch, right? It's outside of your comfort zone. Comfort zones are pretty boring, right? So, and people are not engaged by, you know, tasks that are, easy for them. Tasks that they could do in their sleep, that's pretty boring. Um, and so people get tired of that. We start falling asleep at work, stop feeling engaged, right? So you want to give folks something that's just a little stretchy, but you do have to say, I believe that you can do this and sort of label them as such. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because people start going, oh, wow. So somebody believes that I can do this. And then their peers go, okay, so you're leading this, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I need to ask you a question because you're the leader, right? And so I trust what you have to say. I value your opinion because somebody called you a leader on this project. Mm -hmm. And so, and then that person starts feeling like a leader, right? And so that's how, that's one of the core principles besides ownership, um, and then really putting your belief in the folks. Um, and I think too often we delegate as leaders with just, you know, simple things, easy things that I can just take off my plate and give to someone else. And that's just not enough to really spark engagement. Yeah. One thing I found um, talking about belief is that when you put belief into someone 
um, it might really unleash or unlock something that that individual never even thought they yes. had had that potential of doing. Um, because for myself, you know, it was only through the belief of some leaders that I had throughout my journey in, in just, I guess, work in general that, oh, I can do, I can do that. Even though I never thought I would be able to even pursue this position or opportunity, or even trying to go to the next level in the organization. Exactly. Exactly. And that happened to me as well. I, I have a feeling if we went down the line and we asked, you know, various leaders and companies like, you know, when did you know you were a leader? It was the moment that someone else labeled them one. And you went, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> you know, then and then you do it, you succeed and you're good. You're, you know, then it, then it becomes your identity. Yeah. So uh, how does partner leadership promote collaboration and truly empower team members? Mm. Well, um, one of the the things, the core principles is around autonomy. Autonomy is a huge motivator of people. And so autonomy doesn't necessarily mean working on your own, right? Autonomy means unlocking the four T's. And the four T's are, you know, we want control and choice over our tasks, what we do on the day-to-day. We want control and choice over our techniques, how we get there, how we problem solve, how we find the results and the outcomes that we're, we're supposed to do. And then the third one is we is, is over our time, how we spend our time. But the fourth one is team, is we want choice over our team. Now, that doesn't mean that um, you know, we get to hire our peers, right? Sometimes we're thrust into a team or we are a leader and we're given a bunch of direct reports. But let's say I give you a project uh, to, um, I don't know, but I give you a project to work on, right? You can then say, well, you know what? I want to work with this department over here and get their opinion, right? So you sort of define the stakeholders that are going to need to contribute because um, creating things in a vacuum in a silo in companies is when things go wrong, right? Oh, you didn't check with engineering. Oh, you didn't check with accounting. You didn't check with HR, right? So now our projects start to, you know, the wheels get a little shaky, right? And we have to go back and do that. Um, so I think that's part of it is is driving home the the choice of who they get to work with. Um, I guess we can go into the next question of, you know, how, how leader move themselves towards finding joy and fulfillment. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I think um, as leaders, you know, we're, we have so much to do. Most of us are players and coaches, right? So we have a bunch of stuff we have to get done. And then we also have direct reports that we have to manage and ensure they get their stuff done. Um, And so there's, there's just a lot going on, but I will tell you, at least from my experience, growing leaders within the organization was one of the most fulfilling aspects of my work. And people would ask, you know, why have you been here 22 years? Um, And it was the people time and time again. And I thought about the folks who, you know, started in different roles, who, you know, grew up in the organization. And I had a hand in, in so many people moving up in the organization. And it was so satisfying. So um, I would say to leaders, you know, you really will find fulfillment once you help others in the organization find their fulfillment too. Yeah. And that's truly where I found fulfillment too. Yeah. 
the day-to-day work and whatever your business is, is, is great. But where, where I found really fulfillment is when you start investing in your people and, um, you know, it doesn't mean they have to grow to the next level, but seeing them grow and develop where they're at, whether it's getting an understanding, uh, where they expand their understanding of the job, where they're going to experience other roles in the industry at a lateral level, um, that I found great joy in it. And to be a part of someone else's growth and development is, and to see them, and you never know where, where they're going to end up, um, yeah. whether it's going to be moving up in your organization, uh, moving on to something bigger and better. Because um, sometimes that's another thing too, is there's someone in your organization that has so much greater potential than your organization where they're at as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Seeing them go on to bigger and better, that's super exciting too. And, you know, I think our goal is not to keep them forever, right? But to give them the skills to grow within the organization and to grow as far as they can in the organization. And at some point, sometimes they do tap out. Um, you know, maybe they, sh- you know, they could also have your job, but you're still sitting in it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where leaders have to shift their mindset where, you know, seeing, putting the focus on the people, right? Because there's a lot of things that are going to get in the way. There's going to be the administrative side of, of the leadership job, the business side of it, which can be very distracting, but keeping the people at the forefront and focus in your day-to-day, that is truly transformational. It really is. I, I agree with you 100% because I think that um, we we have all of these strategies and goals. Everybody's got a strategic plan and they have goals, smart goals, and everybody's set out with their OKRs and their KRAs and you know <laughs> all the different acronyms, right? And um, they are you know important. I'm not saying they aren't, but when you can start at the base of that with the people who are performing those tasks, those tasks get such a boost of innovation, of creativity, of, of, um, you know, input, right. As long as we're empowering people and and growing them up from within the organization, all of those activities are going to become so much more powerful and beneficial to the organization. Mm, Yeah, that's great. At TC Advisory Group, our mission is to empower individuals and organizations with the skills and knowledge they need to thrive in today's competitive landscape. And we understand that each team and organization has unique challenges and goals, which is why we offer customized leadership training that is tailored specifically to their needs. And our experienced team here at TC Advisory Group work closely with clients to identify their objectives and design programs that address their specific areas for development. Whether it's enhancing communication and collaboration, improving strategic thinking, or cultivating effective decision-making skills, our customized training programs provide practical tools and strategies that can be implemented immediately. With our expertise and commitment to excellence, We are confident in our ability to help individuals and unlock their full potential and achieve sustainable growth. If you'd like to find out more about TC Advisory Group and schedule a discovery call with us, you can go to tcadvisorygroup.com or check the links in the podcast description on whichever platform that you're listening on. We'll go back to the interview with Joy Mizzou. 
So what are some of the challenges or obstacles that leaders may face when transitioning to this partner leadership approach? And mm-hmm. then how can leaders really overcome these, these challenges that they might face? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I find a lot of leaders struggle with is, is giving that direct feedback to individuals, right, is, is you do need to coach and have critical coaching conversations, but you also need to lift your people up with noticing and observing what they're doing well. And you need to do more of that than you need to do the critical coaching conversations, but you can't have one and not the other, right? If we're always focused on the coaching conversations, the person's feeling kind of demoralized, like nothing they do is right. If we're only focused on the positive affirmations and keep going in this direction, this was lovely, the person doesn't get anything from you that they can utilize to grow and develop and get better and stronger at their role. Um, And so there's a lot of fear that people hold around having those conversations with people, especially because they should be one-on-one. Those critical coaching conversations should be done in private. And what I find is that leaders are worried about hurting the other person on the other side. And so when you make sure that the language you're using is absolutely objective and specific there's less of a wall. And so humans love adjectives, right? We love to label things and put things in different boxes and we have to make sure we're not doing that, right? So um, using words like someone's disorganized or someone's behavior is um, rude or someone is, um, you know, those, those things like once you call me disorganized, I stop listening and I'm not as receptive and open to receiving. So what did you mean by disorganized, right? It's like, well, you missed the deadline, right? Or you completed the assignment, you completed half of it, or you there were instructions for this half that appear to be disregarded um, in this process, right? So just getting really objective and specific about what the person said or did is key. Um, and that also needs to happen for um, positive reinforcement. Otherwise, it's I call it empty praise. I mean, how many times have you had a boss come to you and just say, thanks for everything, Cameron? And you're like, wait, what? What, yeah. what? what part of what I just did? I just spent two months working on this. Do you appreciate? Do you want me to do more of, right? So we have to be really specific with folks with what we want from them. Yeah, I think uh, being specific and also very timely mm-hmm. uh, on, on both ways, whether it's um, uh, something that you need to correct or even something that you need to uh, show affirmation for. Yeah. Uh, it's it's being timely and being specific. And those things go a long way. And I, I'm, I mean, having those coaching conversations, giving constructive feedback can be very difficult. And I've often seen leaders avoid this, but... Mm-hmm taking this head on, being timely and being specific, providing the proper feedback and following up too. Um, mm-hmm. th- those things go a long way and you're there to, to help the, the individual grow as well. Yeah. You're just, you're shaping behaviors over time, right. To a larger outcome of what you want this person to grow into and develop into. And so it's just 
small things over time, just little bits here and there. Um, so, so key to be, to show gratitude, but also be direct. And, you know, the opposite, I think, leadership style, the very old school transactional style is very punitive and very dramatic with words, yeah. you know, so, so we're trying to go away from that and move towards something that's very neutral um, and works for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so how does partner leadership truly foster that culture of trust and open communication within teams? Yeah, that's that's such a great question. I I really feel that building trust takes three three things, right? It takes you being really consistent. Um it takes you being very authentic and it takes building a psychologically safe environment where no one's going to get punished for speaking their mind. Um so it's those three things and I and I also love to bring in a sense of humor, right? I'm all about leading with joy. And um, humor is remarkably helpful, helpful in building trust. They say laughter is the fastest path to trust. Um, and it actually elevates folks' status. Um, so once somebody is funny or humorous, you start to think like, oh, wow, that person's very confident and that person is, is very powerful, right? So um, there's, I think, a, sort of a myth, right? That in order to be taken seriously, we need to be serious at work. Um, it's sort of very old school. And um, I think there's just, you know, we just need to shift and say, no, bring your whole self, bring your sense of humor, um, bring what you're feeling today. And it's okay to share that, right? It's okay to, it's safe here and it's safe to voice your opinion. Um, and, oh, and also that consistency too of leaders and saying, um, I'm going to keep our appointments. I'm going to be dependable. And if I have to reschedule our one-on-one, -on -one, I will reschedule it. I'm not just going to say, I can't make it today. Sorry. We just skipped a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bringing in fun and joy in the work environment is, is so key, especially to the success of your organization. And it, it also impacts employer retention. And um, it like there was there was a, one of my colleagues for one of the organizations I was with, and she got promoted um, very rapidly over over the over, I would say, a span of 10 years. And early on within this organization, you couldn't really bring your authentic self to the table because you needed to be like you couldn't really be yourself because mm -hmm. of the culture within that organization. But over time, as leadership changed and evolved, it came to a point where you could truly be your authentic self, whether you could be funny, you could be open, you could crack jokes. And that's what's truly keeps you within the organization and keeps your day to day a bit lively because yeah, there'll be times when you do have to be serious. You have to buckle down and, and get to work. But mm -hmm. if you don't have fun, then what's the point? What's the point, right? Yeah, I know some of my favorite Zoom meetings, you know, I just remember laughing hysterically. Someone, you know, said something funny or even um, in times of crisis, you know, the VP of HR and I would sort of get together and, you know, trying to be solved, you know, trying to solve something. And then all of a sudden we would burst out laughing because you're just like, can this really be real? This is, you know, we're in this crisis mode. This is crazy, especially in dealing with the pandemic. It's like, I can't believe we're here. This, you know, and it just really sort of lets out some of that pressure that's mm -hmm. building and gives you that moment of reprieve. And of certainly there's all the scientific benefits and things going on 
serotonin and, you know, dopamine hits and et cetera, released from, from laughter. So I think it's absolutely key. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, can you provide some practical tips or advice for leaders who are really interested in really incorporating this into their, including partner leadership within their own style and their own organization um, to really help them find that joy and fulfillment? Sure. Um, I think that's an activity that I do in my workshops is strength sketching. So I have folks think about, you know, your team um, and your direct reports, and then also maybe some skip level direct reports. And I want people to think about not just your A players, but some folks maybe who have been struggling a little bit and maybe, um, you know, labeled it as, you know, um, unengaged, disengaged. Um, so put them on your on your list and think about think about times you've observed them, what evidence you have for what their strengths are. What are they really good at? What do they need? Um, you know, uh, what could they do more for the organization? And then on the other side, sort of do like a mind map of all the projects going on, um, things that are on your plate and now connect some of the dots. What things could be worked on, you know, by multiple people or by a person that creates their own team to help problem solve? Where do you need that support? Um, but also it's it's less for you as the leader to get things off your plate, right? And it's more about giving folks an opportunity to get their hands dirty in something that's a little bit higher level, just a little bit of a stretch from what they normally do in their day to day. Um, Joy, could you take some time to um, provide us some of the work that you do um, and also how people can connect with you and, and the work work that you do? Sure, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I will um, come into corporations. I'll work with managers, new managers. I love molding new managers. Um, and then I also work with um, executives and, you know, every really every um level of leadership in the company um, to bring them some of these tools. Um, and then what I also like to do is ideally have follow-on group coaching because that group coaching really sets it in so that it becomes habitual so that we can you know, monitor and make sure folks are using the tools and incorporating them in their day-to-day. Um, and then in addition, I'm working on an online course. Um, hope to have that out in the new year. Um, so yeah, and I also do one-on-one -on -one leadership coaching as well. And you can find me at, uh, leadingwithjoy.com and you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm joy Meserve, and that's like the word deserve, but with an M. <laughs> awesome. And for those listening, uh, we will provide the links in the podcast description, um, to connect with joy and check out the work that she is doing in the podcast description on whichever platform you are listening on. So Joy, I do have a little bit of a lightning round just so our listeners can okay. get uh, to know you a bit more. Great. Um, what, uh, how do you consume content? And I guess what are what are you reading today? Yeah. So um, two, I, I'm actually really into 
uh, Blink right now, Blinkist. It's an app and you can digest these amazing books within like 15 minutes and get the core ideas. Mm. So in the span of like an hour yesterday, I, you know, heard four different books and the key themes from those. And they're like on any different topic. And these are books you've heard of. Um, so fantastic app is Blinkist. Of course, LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Um, I have stacks of books that I do need to get to. Um, I'm looking at some now. Um, but um, one that's next up on my list, let's see, is um, I would say Leadership and Life Hacks. So that's a Forbes book. So mm. that's on my list to read. Awesome. Uh, what is the next thing you would like to do on your bucket list? Next thing on my bucket list, um, a TED Talk. So oh, awesome. I just have to get something together and that I really want to do of sort, I'm sure it'll be on TEDx first somewhere, mm -hmm. but that has always been on my bucket list for years. So I'm getting closer. Oh, cool. And uh, dead or alive, who would you like to have lunch with? Oh, that's such a good question too. Um, let's see. I would grab um, John Stewart because I think he's, you know, watching uh, the Daily Show for years. He's so entertaining. And I think he'd be so interesting to speak with. Um, let's see, I grab probably Oprah Winfrey. Um, let's see, who else? Um, there's a woman, Alexandra, Alexandra Carter. Um, you can follow her on LinkedIn. I think she's fantastic. She's fabulous. She's all about advocating for women and for women to really speak up and own their truth. Um, wow, I could go on and on. I have a million people I'd love to <laughs> have lunch with. Um, and then what is the best words of wisdom or advice that you have received so far? Mm. Well, I don't know about the best, but it just hopped in my mind. Um, so Howard Behar, he was the international president of Starbucks and he was on ID Tech's board of directors for a number of years. Um, and so when I was looking to bring in some outside philosophies um, around developing leaders, um, he said, just make sure everyone is speaking the same language. Mm. And I love that. I think it's so important that you really pick something and then have it really permeate up and down the organization from, you know, I was teaching some of our stuff to our frontline employees out at summer camp all the way up to the executive team so that everybody was on the same page with like, this is part of who we are. This is part of our culture. It's part of the fabric of us. Oh, awesome. Well, Joy, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast and really sharing your insights on partner leadership. Any closing thoughts as we close our, our conversation? Um, I, I think just please love your people and, um, you know, look out for them, you know, reach a hand out, be supportive, pull them up. Um, just like somebody pulled you up as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Joy. And thank you for all your time and, and all your uh, insights on partner leadership. Thank you, Cameron. This was an absolute pleasure. Awesome. And, uh, for those again, uh, you can connect with Joy at the uh, link in the podcast description and, uh, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Executive Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to Joy, you can connect with her and find out more about her at the links in the podcast description. There you'll find her bio and also the website to connect with her and follow her on social media. 
Also, if you would like to connect with us and learn more about the services that we offer under TC Advisory Group, we are a professional leadership training and coaching company. Uh, we offer a variety of services for individual teams and organizations. You can find out more about us at tcadvisorygroup.com. You can find the link in the podcast description. And also, you can book a discovery call with us at tcadvisorygroup.com to learn more. Thank you so much for tuning in.